uh, many of you do know uh, Rick Burks, that he pastors the church in Dayton, Ohio, of Only Believe Ministries. And uh, Rick is, and his congregation are in need of a building. And uh, so we need to pray that God brings him a building. Amen? So that he can get on with what God wants him to do and uh, what we want to see flourish in Dayton, Ohio. So uh, everybody just stretch forth your hand today. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, we as a congregation join our faith together with Rick's congregation. And I, right now, and the people here, come into agreement that, God, you will open a door that no man could open. And that, God, you would uh, bring that building into Rick's hands, his congregation's hands, that, God, you will give them favor, you will lead them, you will guide them, that, God, it will be a supernatural thing and not just a human thing. Now, God, we ask these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Rick. And uh, is your congregation all black? No. I just know I, uh, this white guy ain't never been there. Hallelujah. No, no, I'm kidding you. We... <laughs> Anyway, praise God. We're glad that you're down there, Rick. I really am. And uh, he does a great job and, uh, you know, just rambles on, and they don't know when he starts or when he finishes. And uh, so, uh, but praise God. I'd like to have you turn your Bible someplace. And uh, there, there's just so much. Let's go to, uh, we'll just jump off of the hip. Let's go to uh, Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. And we're going to look at today fasting. Fasting. Now, I realize that, you know, lots of people want to hear about sailboats and how the wind's going to blow you where you need to go and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, there are a lot of things that happen in our life that we really could reverse or stop in our life. Think that when God says in 2 Corinthians 2.14 that God always, somebody say always, that means in our neck of the woods that there ain't no more. God always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Now, I get very adamant about believers living in their best. I think that we live far below what God wants us to live in. I believe that God has abundant life for us right now. I believe that God has a plan and a purpose for us right now. And I believe that without you coming to Christ, your purpose and your plan will never be discovered, but you will always have a void in your life. But 
Having said that, when God tells us that he will always cause us to triumph in Christ Jesus, then we have to understand that God has obligated himself to give you or to provide you with that which is needed for every moment of your life. We can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. That is not a myth statement. That is a true statement. It reveals to us the willingness of God and the pre-proposed equipment or anointing that God gave us before we ever entered into a battle. The devil is trying to destroy us, but if God has caused us to always triumph, then understand that he doesn't have a chance. Amen? So let's go down to Isaiah 55 and let's look at verse 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it, to bring forth bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word, which is the thoughts of God. The Bible is what God thinks. It is his un unveiled purpose for your life. And it says that uh, for as the rain cometh down, uh, and then in verse 11, I'm sorry. So shall my word be that goeth out of my mouth, that it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Now think what God just said. Let's not just read it. Let's think. God says, my ways are higher than your ways. But... I give my thoughts in word form. And I give them to you so that you can prosper, that you may have seed. Seed simply means that if you have a seed, you have a harvest waiting to come out of that seed. Amen? And so it's what you do with that seed that is going to determine what is going to happen in your life, right? And so God gives us his thoughts. In other words, God tells us how he would handle things in life. Now, this is not complicated. You might say, oh, you're just speaking over my head. Stretch your neck. And if I got it, you've got it. But understand this, that God gives you a way of doing things. If you do not do them, there is no point in painting, 
pointing a finger at a just God. Amen? And so we have to use what God gives us. Fasting is one of the things that God gives us. Well, I, I, I don't want to fast. I don't. Well, then don't fast. Nobody's twisting your arm. God's not down here kicking you in and out of the trash bin. He's not kicking you down the road like some bin up can. God's not trying to make you be blessed. He's blessed you. If you want it, then you got to do things his way. So God gives us his thoughts and his ways. And one of God's thoughts and God's ways is fasting. Fasting is a predetermined. Somebody say predetermined. In other words, it's already laid out and defined what it will do in your life and against your enemies. So if you want what fasting will do, then you have to, three of you, yeah. How you have to what? Fast. Now this opportunity does not belong to everybody. It only belongs to the bride of Christ. Matthew, the ninth chapter, verse 14 down through 17, says that the bride of Christ, which are believers, the disciples of Christ, if you belong to him, then fasting is a portion of your service to God. It, it's Anna, in Luke, the second chapter, she was a widow. She'd been a widow for over 80 years. And she served God through prayer and fasting. We as Christians don't like to do anything that we don't want to do. And that's why we live far below what God wants us to have. Now, I'm going to tell you a couple of stories during my lifetime that I have served God and fasted. I told you last time we were together how God positioned me into the realm of the miracles, and now we have won millions of people to Jesus Christ, seen thousands upon thousands of blind eyes, cripples, deaf, dumb, you know, all kinds of stuff. Now, if you're not here today or if you're here today and you're not a believer, I don't mean to insult your intelligence, but God is still a God of miracles. And just because you don't believe in him, God still believes in them. Amen. And, uh, but that came about by fasting. Years ago, I bought a cell phone. You know, one of them like this had trolley wheels on it. You know, it had an 18-foot uh, antenna on your car. And, and uh, I went and bought it. I tried to purchase one first. 
and they told me, where is your area that you're going to use it? I said, Bachton's in Ohio. They said, you can't have a phone in Bachton's Ohio. I said, why? He said, because no company has bought the airways in that area of Ohio. I said, why? He said, because it is so intertwined with trash waves and uh, just dirty airways, he said, you can't get a signal through that. I said, you're kidding me. As big as this phone is? He said, nope, you can't do it. So I thought I was smarter than him. I bought myself that phone. And I went with AT&T. Don't worry, I'll get to Verizon and everybody else in just a moment. But AT&T would not work in this area. It just wouldn't work. I mean, man, you could call people standing beside you and say, your number cannot be reached the way that you have dialed it. I dialed it with seven, no, it was seven, eight, yeah, no. Yeah, with nine numbers, I dialed it right. Well, you got it wrong. Try a new number. Yeah, all right. Okay, I will. I'll just try anything. Well, you know what? It never worked. It never worked. And so, one day I was in Perrysburg, Ohio. Perrysburg, uh, yeah, where was that place? Perrysburg, Yeah, but this is Perryburg, Georgia. <laughs> Thank you. Listen, worst thing that that happened, one time I let Lincoln order a pizza, and he ordered it from Tennessee. And the guy is saying, he said, I'm here at the marathon. I can't find your road. And I said, man, you've been delivering that pizza for two hours. Finally, I said, where are you from? He said, Tennessee. I told Lincoln, that's it. No more pizza for you. So I was in Perrysburg, Georgia, in a four-week revival. And during this revival, I was praying and I was caught up into a vision. You say, well, what were you smoking? Well, back then it was still illegal. So... I wasn't smoking anything. And so I had this vision. And in this vision, there was a spirit. Everything that happens in your life is not a spirit. But if you have in-laws, it does involve sometimes spirits. Now, and all of a sudden, this spirit was there and he had a black hand. And there was on that ring, on that hand, a ring. Where's Ed? Well, go tell him. I need him. I don't need the money. I need him. And Ed was there and he was involved in this. And a ring fell off of that demon's hand. Well, I don't believe in demons. That's just what he wants you to think. He wants you to think that you don't ex he doesn't exist. 
He loves America because they're so smart that they have forgot to consider him. And this ring fell off of this demon's finger. And it fell down and it went on my finger. And I'm thinking, oh man, what's that all about? And the Lord said to me, I am going to open the airways over Bakken's Ohio. And you are going to take the gospel to the world visa, via uh, satellite, television, and radio. Then at that time, we started, you know, going on to uh, television stations that covered whole continents and so forth. Do you remember I came back from Perryburg, Georgia, and I told this, but I never told anybody what the ring looked like. But when a group of men, is that right, Ed? Yes, sir. A group of guys got together without me knowing, and they went to a designer, a ring designer, and they sent the whatever that red stone was, they sent it to get it cut in a special country because there are special countries that cut things, you know, like Mexico. They cut drugs. Uh, but other countries cut diamonds and things like that. Now, but I'm, I'm just being facetious. And uh, so Ed was, they came to Ed. So Ed got in touch with this ring designer and the ring that fell off of that demon's hand that went onto my hand, these men gave to me as a Christmas gift, and it was an exact duplicate of that ring. That, that, that's the truth. That's the truth, and that ring was given to me, and after that is when the television ministry went all over the world. Now, that was just one thing that happened during a fast. And there are places of authority that God wants you and I to live in and to move in in the area against sickness and disease, poverty, uh, dead places, prisons, and so forth, God wants us to advance and take control in those areas. But it requires fasting. It requires fasting. Could have given amen. amen. Well, I, I don't know if I want to do without food. Listen, let me encourage you. Look in the mirror. You can do without food. Amen? Amen? Somebody told me, well, how, how, how do I lose weight? I said, shut your mouth. And it's the truth. The things are pretty simple. Except when we don't want them and we find ourselves fighting God, the answer to our problems because we want to do it our way. There's not a way to do it unless it's God's way. Could again, amen? All righty. So we see that we as Christians have to do things God's way. Now, the Bible says in 2 
Corinthians that the weapons of our warfare, and you and I are in a warfare, there is a demonic power, a kingdom of darkness that is birthing, organizing sicknesses and diseases, poverty, lack, murder, thievery, all types of perversions. That enemy is the devil. We cannot control him by humanistic efforts. I'm, and I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to awaken you. Amen? And I want to tell you something. It's more important than the cure for COVID. Amen. So, we have to deal with things the way that God wants us to deal with them. Amen? If you want to have a good marriage, then you need to get in the Bible. Well, I'm going to buy a book on marriage. Huh. The author doesn't even know what he wrote. He's in Aruba spending the money. You don't need somebody else's opinion to have a good marriage. You need God's instruction. Women are complicated. Amen? You do something nice, they cry. You do something mean, they cry. They just cry. That's just their nature. But be assured when they quit crying, vengeance belongs to them, and God has to get in line. Now, I want you to realize that God gives us the weapons of our warfare. These weapons are empowered by God. Fasting is empowered by God. Now, let's go to Romans, the eighth chapter. And again, I'm, I'm just encouraging you that we want to do things God's way. Our minds have got to be renewed that God is not wrong, he is not a myth, and he is not a God of chances. He is a God of absolutes. And in Romans, the eighth chapter, and look, let's look at uh, verse five. And they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Now, what does that mean? That means that if you allow your fleshly nature, your fleshly nature is made up of basically five elements. Your touch, your sight, your hearing, your smell, and your taste. These are the senses. These are the universities that you learn about this world from your senses. And most people are dominated by their senses. They don't believe anything that they can't see. Have you ever seen love? Do you believe in it? Well, well yeah. Well, that's just one example. 
and there are millions. Do you believe that hunger exists? Yes. Have you ever seen it? No. But it dominates your life. And so these senses right here are universities of the flesh. They gather information and most of it defies the existence of God. You know, I've had people say, well, you know, if I see it, I'll believe it. No, you won't. Absolutely not. See, we have to believe by faith. We have to believe by faith. And it says this, but they that are after the spirit, they mind the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded or dominated by the senses, dominated by these five senses that teach you everything about life, you know, well, if it's going to happen, you got to do it yourself. No, that's not true at all. If you have kids, you know that they automatically have, slave, have signed up for a life of slavery until they are freed at 18. So you don't have to do everything yourself. Amen? Have kids. My mom and dad had 14 of them. That was the practice round. And uh, so, you don't have to do everything yourself. God is on your side. And then it says in verse, uh, to be carnally minded is, somebody say death. Now, death is simply another word for sin or for the devil. He is a spirit of death. His kingdom is the kingdom of death. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. And it says, so if you are carnally minded or sense dominated, you are always going to live under the rule of death. But to be spiritually minded, to accept, to think like God thinks, to believe how God believes, it will bring you life. Because the carnal mind is enmity or is at odds against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. In other words, it will not subdue or submit itself to God's ways. So we have to break free of that. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot, somebody say cannot, please God. So where do we get the way that the Spirit of God wants us to do things, spiritually minded, always submitting ourselves, humbling ourselves under the way of God. Well, we get those ways from the Scripture. Amen? It's not hard, but we do have to discover them and then apply it. Apply it. How many of you wish that God would just wake you up in the morning and shoot you in the backside with a good dose of hallelujah and joy? Why are you waiting for God to wake you up? Why are we waiting 
for God to do something while we do nothing. There's no prosperity or increase in slothfulness. So we want to make sure that we are doing things God's way. Now I hear, I, I hear you. I hear you online. Oh man, you're just preaching over their head. I told him to stretch their neck. This is not complicated. What I'm talking to you about is doing things God's way. Letting the mind of God, having your mind renewed, stop being conformed to this world, which is carnal, dominated by the senses. Stop it. Let your mind be renewed and trust the thoughts of God more than the thoughts of man. Amen? All right, so we see that we don't want to be carnally minded. So we have to start finding out how God thinks, why God thinks that way, and that you and I lean not to our own understanding, but to the understanding of God. Amen? All right. How can we overcome carnal mindedness? Well, I, I'm just going to pray and I'm going to, well, let's say this. Your carnal mindedness has been built upon ever since you have been born. And that's why Christians, even though they get saved, are still divisive, murmur, complain, sow discord. Why? Because all you are is dominated by your senses. If you really believe what God said, you would never, ever talk about another believer. But you just randomly spew out half-truths, lies, opinions, thoughts, those things are carnality. Now, how can you get rid of that? Because you've been doing it all your life, and when you got saved, you just brought carnality into the kingdom with you. In other words, you're constantly dominated by this, these senses. So what you think, you say. Well, I was just speaking my mind. If I was you, I wouldn't give much of it away. Now, I want to talk to you about getting these things taken care of before Jesus comes. Remember, you can be lukewarm and not even know it. Yeah. How does that happen? Because you're carnal-minded. Now, how can we get carnal-mindedness out of our life? I know some of you are saying, what? I, I just didn't get all that. Carnal-mindedness, again, 
is being dominated by your senses. Therefore, aborting all things are possible to him that believeth. You've heard it a million times, and so have I. I just don't know what we're going to do. What is that? Carnality. Well, well, we're just afraid. Well, we're worried about that. What is that? That's the old you. That's not the way of God. Jesus said, I give you peace. That passes all understanding. So how many of you want to be like Jesus? Then we have to get rid of carnal mindedness. Because I'm telling you, the result of it is death. I'm not trying to scare you, but I do want to be as factual as I possibly can. So... How do we get rid of carnal mindedness? Fasting is one of the weapons of our warfare. Against what? The unrenewed mind. The strongholds that we are still bound by after we've been redeemed. How do we get rid of that? By fasting. Because In that carnal mindedness, you and I are bound by yokes, by bands of wickedness. If you have a history of thinking evil about other Christians, not believing them when they talk, you know, I have people who come to this church don't even like me. I I don't know why. I've been running around with myself, and I, I, I just like myself. God made me. So we have to make sure that we are not dealing with people carnally. And if you are, ask your wife to help you see it or your friends to see it and then start dealing with it. Now, When we start fasting, we break these yokes. We break these deep-rooted things that need to be tended to. These are really called putting off the old man. Most Christians don't put anything off. They just create cohabitation. Gosh. I'm so glad. I want to thank you, Lutherans and Methodists, for joining us today. And, and uh, I, I'm, just, I'm just pleased with you being here. If you were not here, there would be no life at all. No. Hallelujah. So, we as Christians, somebody say we as Christians. We need to deal with hidden sins that we have been preached to about for years. Let me tell you this. It's time for the body of Christ to quit playing with holy fire. 
In other words, you keep pulling your shenanigans when you know that they're wrong, then you're going to find yourself not being purified by fire, but by being tormented by fire. There is a heaven and a hell. You sow to the flesh, you'll reap of the flesh corruption, death, separation from God. Now, any Christian being saved two weeks already knows that. It's the old ones that are so hardened in their ways that they can't get beyond their own nose. I'm not saying that mean, but you've heard, well, I've been like this all my life. Well, you've been wrong all your life. Amen? And if you've been married a week, you know that. So, you and I need to start dealing with that which is not acceptable to God. Because there is holy fire, but there's also judgment fire. Now you, I'm sure you think that you're the best God's got. You're a better Christian than everybody else. It's just that everybody around you knows it's not true. And I, again, I'm, I'm trying to get you awake. But if you just stay asleep, there'll not be one drop of blood on my hands from your life. And I'm telling you that Jesus is going to return. And I'm telling you right now that his return is nearer than it's ever been. We just cannot imagine the urgency of the hour because we are not spiritually minded. Fasting, please listen to this, fasting is designed to bring the senses to the lowest common denominator so that the spiritual man can relate, hear, fellowship, and respond to God. The Bible says that when Cornelius was praying and fasting, guess what? An angel appeared. Peter, when he was fasting, guess what? The Holy Ghost spoke to him. God spoke to him out of a vision in Acts the 10th chapter. Paul, when he was hopelessly lost at sea on a ship that was being torn apart by a hurricane, he fasted and God spoke to him. When you limit the influence of this physical body, the senses of your life, when you limit that, heaven speaks. Dreams, visions, inspirations, utterances, those things begin to break forth when we live a fasted life.
So we have to start living a fasted life so that we can hear from God. Our senses have got to stop dominating us. Now, I know there's some, oh, my word, we, we just did this. No, this is what you need. We have to get about the Father's business. Amen. Let me tell you one more story. In 1984, we had a church down here on South Street, West Street, East, downtown. And it was a 16 by 32 foot building. No water, no heat, no lights, dirt floor. I shoveled the dirt floor out, hung up some lights from my garage. I had a lot of help from the Schneider family from Freiburg. Uh, They helped me. They bought me a toilet. They uh, helped me. In fact, I still have the first pulpit that I ever had. I had one designed. And old Wilbur Schneider said this, I don't need your information. I know what God showed me. I thought, well, thank you. And lo and behold, he worked on that, and then he brought it to the church. That pulpit looked just like the picture of the one I drew clear down to the lifting of the top for I could put my notes underneath it. And Wilbur Snyder built that for me without any information from me. And so they helped me so, so many ways. But when I had about five or six people, the Catahenriches were there, and uh, I don't think the kids wanted to be there. I don't think Dad wanted to be there, but Mama said, we're going there. So thank God for mamas. And so after about two years, I told God, I'm leaving town. Where are you going to go? I said, I don't know, but I was more successful as a sinner than I am right now. And so I said, now, God, I know that you have a plan and a purpose for me. So I started fasting. It wasn't a complete fast. I fasted from in the morning till 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You could call it a Jewish fast. You could call it whatever you wanted. But I did that. And I really can't tell you how long I did it because it takes just as much time to fail as it does succeed. And so I fasted, and I fasted, and I fasted, and I fasted. I'll never forget it. On a Wednesday afternoon, I went into that church. I called it the pumpkin church because we had 
orange curtains on the windows. And uh, so I went to the orange church and I sat on the orange chair. And then I started walking the aisle. Only had one aisle. We had about 70 some chairs, but only about six people. And Phyllis told me one time, she said, if I wasn't your wife, I wouldn't come to this church. I said, don't leave. You're the only tither. <laughs> so <laughs> we had some goof up. I remember one time she was leading worship, playing the piano. I stood up and said, please stop torturing me. Don't play anymore. And that was the end of that worship service. Anyway, I started fasting. That day, I got a Bible from Oral Roberts. And I started praying that afternoon. And in the middle of my praying, all of a sudden, the top of my church opened up. 16 by 32 foot. The only water we had was what was coming through the roof. And it was coming through. Anyway, I was caught up into this vision. And I thought, whoa, man, what's this all about? And it came face to face with the devil. He was sitting on the throne. And there are principalities and powers, spiritual uh, rulers and so forth in heavenly places. Well, this man, this spirit was there. And I started contending with this spirit with a language that I did not know, with an authority that I had never possessed. God never takes you any place that he doesn't equip you to come out successful. And I know that many of you have heard this story, but it's my story. And I contended with this spirit and he got down and he would walk away and then he would come back. He did this several times, but finally, one time, he got off the throne and walked straight out into the darkness. I come out of that vision and I thought, wow, boy, that was cool. I wonder what that means. Well, that Sunday morning, when I came to church, I thought that the Catholic Church was having a chicken fry. Cars were everywhere. I said, man, oh, man, if I ever get a chance, I'm going to tell the Catholic Church, you know you own everything. Couldn't I just have a few parking places? Anyway, at the end, at the beginning of that service, as I walked up to the Orange Church, I put my hand on that doorknob and I turned it and pushed the door in. To my surprise, the whole place was filled. Every seat was filled. People were standing along the wall. Angel was there. Angel Catahendrick was there. Uh, her dad got healed. 
that day by word of knowledge. Don Smithy was there. Can't get him to leave now, but he was there. And that started the movement of what exists today. But, which is not much. But, is that a sign to hurry up? Oh. I thought you were telling me. I'm hungry. She just said, shorten it. So, <laughs> all right. So, yay. And that's what happened during that fast. And uh, so, that church grew. The next church grew. We remodeled that when I hired you. That church grew. Then we moved over here. That church grew. Then we built onto that. That church grew. Then we built another building. That church grew. Then we built onto that. That church grew. And then, how many grews did we have? I think it's seven or eight times. And so, but that never would have happened without fasting. Now, do you want your heaven shut up? Do you want it open? Do you want to see angels coming and going? God speaking to you in dreams and visions? Then we need to start cleaning up the house. Not just pushing it down so it can rise up at another time, but we really need to get rid of it. Put the axe to the root so that you and I can be transformed from glory to glory. Amen? So, that's not in my notes, but that's what you get. Now, we are going to be a people of fasting. Well, I, I just don't want to. Do you want to be you? Nah, half the people know you don't like you. Come on. We don't like ourselves. We look at ourselves. We don't like ourselves. Why? Because we see the flaws that only God could help and God could heal. I've told Philip before, I hate myself. I hate how I'm made. I don't like being straightforward. I don't like just being in your face. I'd like to be, hi, everybody. Let you and I come together and walk through the valley of the lilies and the rose of Sharon. Take a deep breath and be free. Bunch of devils. Anyway, look. We as Christians are going to serve the Lord. We are in a warfare, your family, your children. Every one of your children that are addicted can be free. Every one of your children with insecurities, every one of your children with birth defects, every one of your children with a disease 
can be free. You have what it takes. You need to do it God's way. You need to do it God's way. Amen? Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Jesus, I got two announcements. Ben Laws has been in a care facility for a long time. Ben has been a member of our church for many years. He worked in the lay ministry, group leader, usher. Brother Ben went to be with the Lord, February the 5th. Now his memorial service will be at Tabernacle Missionary Baptist Church, Friday, February the 17th at 12 p.m. with a wake beginning at 10 a.m. And then Corinthians Banks. Maybe many of you remember Corinth because of his mother, Barb Banks. Corinth attended church here for 30 years. He was a, really a polite, caring young man. We will miss him, but we do rejoice that he is in heaven. Now, his service will be here at Only Believe Ministries Christian Center in Bakken's Monday, February the 13th at 10 a.m. So, we rejoice that they went to eternity, but we do sorrow because we will miss them. Hallelujah. With every head bowed, you know, I talk to you today about God has given us all that we need. But if we don't use our faith, do things God's way, then we'll always be on the outside of God's will. And the first thing that God told the disciples to do, when they said, what must we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus said, believe on him whom God has sent. Every man must be saved. Every woman must be saved. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, I want to give you the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Salvation has already happened over 2,000 years ago. Jesus hung on a cross. He was laid in a tomb. God raised him from the dead. He is now alive. The Bible said that if you will believe that story, that truth of God sending his son, that if you will believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, the Bible said, thou shalt be saved. Jesus won't die again, but it's up to you. If you're here today, you say, Pastor, that's me. I need to receive Jesus Christ. Will you please raise your hand up in the air? Say, Pastor, will you please pray for me? There's one. Come on, somebody else. Alrighty, I want everybody to pray this prayer with me. 
Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ was your only begotten Son. I believe that He died for my sins. He was buried. And on the third day, God, you raised Him from the dead. Now, Jesus, I confess you as Lord of my life. Come into my heart right now. I receive you. And as you have died for me, I will now live for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, I'm going to be up here, and so are altar workers. And so if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, please make sure you make your way up here and let us know. We have some information for you. Praise God forever. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands up. Father, we love you. We thank you that you are with us, that you have not forsaken us. God, you are there in their secret places. You are there in the dark places. You are there, God, in the valley and on the mountain. You never leave us nor forsake us. Now, God, I loose blessing upon these people. There is a, a blood disease that is being healed right now. It is, it's connected to your liver. Now, they've already told you that. But they haven't really gave you many options. But I'm telling you that when you go back, when you go back, I, I really believe it's going to be a week from this Thursday. When you go back, you are going to get a report that that blood disease has been dried up and there is no evidence of it whatsoever. Hallelujah. Now, Father, in the name of there's a gallbladder condition being healed right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, thank you so much. Now, Father, I ask you to bless these people, direct their steps, draw them nearer to you. Let them hear with a hearing ear. And God, let them draw near. Be close. Connect with you by faith. And God, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. See you Wednesday night, I will. Hallelujah.